in the shade shot show. Don't stop, gate show. Don't tell your gate show. Bears talk. And you say shot city. Don't stop, gate show. Don't bears talk. And you say shot city. Don't stop, gate show. Don't bears talk. The tailgate show. The tailgate show. Bears talk. Who's ready? Who's ready? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Tailgate Show. It's Double A and Air Jair and B Diddy here for another exciting episode. We are very excited to have a very special guest. He is Michael Halitek from Tix Blitz, and he happens to be a Bears fan from way back, season ticket holder since... God knows when, and uh, he knows a lot about the Bears. Um, he's a great Bears historian. Uh, we're also very excited uh, that we're going to be doing a very special podcast with him and just him uh, weekly. That's going to be coming up soon, and we'll tell you more about that. But uh, welcome to the Tailgate Show, Michael Halitek. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Double A. It's great to be here. It's great to be part of the network and. Uh, I can't be more excited to be doing a, a podcast here that we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, thanks for having me on board and thanks for letting me join the network. Hey, sure thing. Um, you know, we just uh, we're just Bears fans. We're just having fun doing our thing and uh, talking about the team that we love. And so, uh, you know, who better to, to bring on than somebody with so much knowledge? And then, of course, we were proud to partner with your brand, Tix Blitz, um, uh, for our show. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, and we always do on the tailgate show any of our guests. We if they happen to be Bears fans, which most of them are, we ask them to tell their Bears fan story. But before we do that, I, I'd actually just like to know a little bit more about you. Um, so, you know, kind of just give us a little bit of a background of who you are and uh, what you're all about. And then if you want, you can roll into, uh, you know, your Bears fan story. Uh, sure thing. Well, I'm uh, I'm 62 years old, been a Bear fan my entire life. I grew up uh, in the Chicagoland area. I was actually born in downtown Chicago. My family moved out to uh, the Schaumburg area where I went to high school. Uh, God, I was five years old when we moved out there. I became a season ticket holder at the age of uh, 16. Uh, not by choice. Um, I inherited the tickets when my father passed away. So I was a season ticket holder from 1973 uh, through 1986. Lost my season ticket when um, I moved to New Orleans. Uh, I got a promotion through work and uh, um, my brother forged a letter to the to Bears ticket office saying, uh, you know, I, I'm Mike Halitek and I want to, I want to give my tickets to my brother. So, uh, 1973, that, that's, that, yeah, that's 19, a, that's a monumental year as a bears fan. Am I right? Is that not uh, Walter Payton's rookie year? You're close. Walter 73 Payton's or 74. year was 1975. Five. Yeah, 1975. It, it was, uh, the year after I graduated high school, the re- the year I did graduate high school, his his rookie year was, you know, obviously the first game was in September against the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, uh, I had just graduated high school at that time. 
So what's next, guys? Aaron, I think you're on mute. <laughs> there's a, I was just saying that you've definitely seen it all in your time. Um, there's little that you haven't seen that probably wasn't in black and white. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a time where you couldn't get Bears Homes games televised locally. Uh, that didn't come about until, oh, Christ, uh, I think sometime in the 70s. But, um, you know, I remember as a kid uh, listening to the radio in the basement of our house out in the Schomburg area uh, because you couldn't get the games broadcast live in in, uh, in the Chicagoland area. You had to have a huge antenna and try to pull in the the Rockford television stations in, in order to get the bears home games. Obviously all of the road games were, uh, uh, were, t- were televised and, um, you know, brings back a lot of memories. I remember the, uh, 1963 championship game against the giants and I'm huddled up in, in the, in the our recreation room down in the basement of our tri-level in Hanover park, listening to the game and uh, it just it's it's amazing when you when you start to you try to sit back and remember things, um, you know, how how these memories just come flooding back to you. So, uh, yeah, been a bear fan my entire life and looking forward to being uh, another a bear fan for another uh, at least uh, another 20 years would be great. I hope even more. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that's great. We can uh, certainly hope to uh, maybe cryogenically freeze you and uh, make sure that that you go for maybe 40, 50, you know, maybe 60 years. We'll just inject the Bears games right into your cryogenically frozen bloodstream. Yeah, it'd be hard to do a a podcast frozen, but. (laughs) Hey, you never know what might happen. (laughs) Technology being what it is. Go ahead, Diddy. Live from the grave, it's Halitech Hall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mike, I got a question for you. All the games you've seen, um, live being a season take a holder so long, but what are some of your, let's say, top three memories uh, witnessing live? Top three memories. Well, you know, we mentioned you know Walter Payton's first game, even though he gained a grand total of zero yards. Uh, being there for the beginning of his career was was kind of special. Um, the last game I ever got to be with my father at was opening day of 1972. It, was a, it wasn't a, a game, uh, a good game for the Bears because they got beat by Atlanta. But just being there with my dad, um, not knowing when we left the stadium that it was going to be the last game that my my dad ever went to. Um, I was at the very last game the Bears played at Wrigley Field when they beat Green Bay 35-17. to I, I was at the very first regular season game at Soldier Field when they beat Pittsburgh, which also happened to be Gail Sayers' last home game before he retired. Um, the most exciting game I was ever at was 1977. The Bears were had started the year three and five. They had just absolutely been embarrassed down in Houston the week prior, and they're hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. They were completely outclassed in the first half. I think the the score was 21 to 
three or 20, 17 to three at halftime. Peyton scores three touchdowns in the second half, ran for over 190 yards, and they took the lead with just over two minutes to play, 21 to 20. Kansas City marched right down the field, scored a touchdown. I think it was, it might have been Ed Podolak, but I'm not, I can't remember that. But the Bears got the kickoff. Uh, there couldn't have been more than 35 seconds left to go in the game. No timeouts. They score miraculously on about a 36 or 37-yard TD pass to Greg Latta from Bob Avellini with about three seconds left to go in the game. They kick the extra point to take a 28-27 to lead, and then the, the time ran out on the kickoff. That by far was the most exciting game uh, that I ever witnessed. And, and I was also at the 2001 game against Cleveland where they came from behind to tie it on a, a Hail Mary pass. And then uh, that's when Mike Brown got the second interception of overtime and ran it in for a touchdown. Yeah, but I remember that. By, by comparison, the Kansas City game, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. It, it was by far the more exciting a game and then of course the the game that they beat the Rams to make it to Super Bowl 20 uh, when they when they beat the Rams 24 to 21 and and uh, Wilbur Marshall scored that last touchdown as the snow started to fall and the place just went nuts that was uh, probably the the best game in terms of aura uh, because you knew that that something you, know, you were you were being you were part of something special at the time. The that 1985 season was absolutely mind-boggling, and to be to have been there for I think I was at every home game except for I wasn't at the Monday night game for uh, the, they played Green Bay when when Refrigerator Perry. Uh, just absolutely buried uh, the linebacker for Green Bay as he scored the touchdown. Uh, and I wasn't at the game later in the year when uh, when they beat the Colts at home. But uh, but other than that, uh, it was a special season uh, to be a part of. And, uh, uh, of course, that was the last year I was technically a season ticket holder, thanks to my uh, a certain family member, which we'll never talk about again on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk a little bit about seeing them at Wrigley Field. I mean, I think obviously most Bears fans know that they did play at Wrigley Field for a time. And um, what, what was that like? It was incredible. Um, the first game I can remember was Sayers and, and Butkus first year, 1965. They played the Rams, and you, when you first walked up in into the the stands, you you've been there for a baseball game, you've been there for the Cubs game, and this you know the right field bleachers, those those I don't know if you guys remember, but the right field they put up these temporary bleachers to close off right field, so it the the, the stands were right behind the the uh, visiting bench. And you're like, where the hell did those seats come from? You know, I'm 10 years old. And I'm like, this isn't the same Wrigley Field that I know. 
you know, in the in the smells and the the color of the goalposts and and everything else. It was just an absolute incredible experience to be there as a as a ten year old. Well, in fact, in '65 I was an eight year old, and uh, you know, to to see how the stadium was completely different, and uh, of course, being there with my dad, who you know, I. If it wasn't for my dad, I probably wouldn't be a Bear fan. He was a season ticket holder when he came back from World War II in the 40s. And, of course, he was a season ticket holder right up until the, the day he passed away. Um, just the memories of it all were are just so incredible. Before the season began, the, the kids in the family, I, I had two brothers. Uh, and, of course, there were only seven home games back then because it was only a 14-game schedule. And we would literally cut up the schedule. We would write the names of the opponents and literally pull, put them in a hat and draw to see who got to go to what game. And, uh, of course, in 1970, I was fortunate to, to grab the Green Bay Packers, which was the very last game that the Bears ever played at, at Wrigley Field. And, again, fortunate enough the following year to, to, uh, uh, to pull Pittsburgh, which was the very first game. And... Most Bear fans don't know this, but the Bears never started at home. They never started a home game. They played one game in the 60s, which was their home opener, but it wasn't at Wrigley Field. It was actually at Dyke Stadium and at Northwestern because, because they had to put up those stands in right field. So the, the Bears always started and played their first three, sometimes four games on the road, which was a big hindrance. So they started, once they started playing at, at Soldier Field, they almost always had their first game at home because they had to start so many years in a row on the road. What type of a hold did the Bears have on the city and, you know, in terms of like the the media and, I mean, talk a little bit about, you know, what type of uh you know, sort of place the bears had in, in people's psyche and, um, you know, at the time in that time period. It was always a bears town. Chicago has always been a bears town. You know, they, they had, they, they won in the sixties. They, they were an absolute dynasty in the forties, which was, believe it or not, before my time. Um, and of course the Cubs and the White Sox and the Blackhawks uh, were were not very good in the in the 60s and and 70s. So you know the Bears owned the town. the The huge difference between now and then was the way people dressed for games. You know you didn't see people wearing Bears jerseys or Cubs jerseys or White Sox jerseys or even Blackhawks jerseys. Hell, the the the, the men wore suits. To games in the 50s and 60s and the fedoras uh you know it to see how it the, the the fans have changed to you know wearing everything they possibly can that has something to do with their teams uh has has been in the last 30 years has been nothing short of amazing yeah for sure um you know it's definitely it's definitely always been a Bears town, and I think you know um, what's been great to see recently is how it's sort of uh, you know turned back into um, a Bears town again. You know, um, you know, Jer and 
and uh, Diddy don't live here, but, you know, I was talking to Diddy the other day and, and, you know, I was just telling him, you know, when, when the bears are not good, you know, you still see people wearing bears gear, of course here, but it's not the same as when they're good. I mean, when they're good, it's, it's, uh, you know, you wear it year round and you fly the flag, you know, year round. And when they're not good, you know, you, when you're here, you don't necessarily always want to get into a conversation about them because, you know, it's not, it's, uh, it can sometimes be, uh, not a pleasant conversation, you know, as far as that goes. Um, but, uh, Jared, did you want to ask, uh, Michael, anything? I was going to ask you what you thought about this year's team, you know, just the 2018 season as a whole. The, uh, the 18 bears or this year's team <clears throat> for 19. Well, well, let's start with 18 then we'll go into 19. How about that? Because, I mean, it kind of left us with a bad taste in our mouths at the end. But as far as the year as it progressed, you know, I thought our team progressed rather well. And just kind of wanted to get your perspective on it. You know, the Bears, you know, they 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 started off amazing the first half against the the Packers on Sunday night football. And they're they're a dropped interception that went right through Fuller's hands, hit him right between the two and the three. And they, they, should, they should have won that game. Yes. They, you know, <laughs> seriously, go back and take a look. I really, oh, I, I, we I don't really, have to. We don't have to go back and relive this because I really time, think I. I really think I blocked that out. I really just <laughs> like. I think that that just came flooding back to me, and I. Oh. And I'm a little. I need a moment because a, a little side really, story. We were all talking Aaron, at the time. But, Put your uh, put put your put put yourself on mute and I'll just talk. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're two, two blown special teams plays, two missed field goals, and a missed interception from having a 16 and 0 season. How special was yeah. that season? You know, the you, we went through. I mean, we went through Abe Gibran era bad Bears teams with John Fox and this, you know, the second year of Tressman behind him. And to to see this guy, you know, that nobody had on their radar as a Bears fan become the head coach in January of 18 and the just the entire change of culture from a losing team to a winning team, to club dub, to having fun, uh, was nothing short of, of spectacular. And, and, you know, rolling into this year, people are saying, oh, geez, it's going to be such a tough schedule. What are the Bears going to do? You know, I'm, I'm uh, not that what, guy. Jason, that. you know, if, if you're, what's his name, La Canfora, he, oh. uh, he says the Bears are the poster child for uh, – um, regression going into 19 and, and, you know, I'm, I'm like Aaron, he's cringing as, as we're talking right now. Um, I, I don't see that the opponents that the bears played in 2018, do you know what their winning record was in 17? Mm, Anybody? They were over, they were over 500, weren't they? They were the, the, they were 520. Yeah. You know what the, 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 the opponent's record going into this year is 520. Well, same record, same record. And, and, you know, the the bears defense, I don't think is going to go backwards. 
the Bears offense is going to be improved. Um, you know, did Trubisky have a great year by any stretch of the imagination? Any Bear fan can say he had a good year, but not a great year. But did you know that he set a franchise record for the best QB rating by any Bears quarterback in the history of the franchise in 18? Did you know that? I didn't. I looked it up today. No, I didn't know that. You know, I mean, um, they haven't exactly had the the world beaters at quarterback, but but fact of the matter is, is that you know it's not going to take him long to to take over that record book if he stays healthy and you know stays in this offense. I spent a lot of time on ProFootballReference.com and, and looking at uh, at the Bears records and looking at uh, Bears players. And if I'm not mistaken, um, there's probably a good as chance of anything, as long as he stays healthy, that Mitch Trubisky will be in the top 10 in passing yards before the end of, 20, of, of 2019. Yeah, no, for sure. Top 10. And that's two years in 12 games and he missed two games last year. Right. Well, so many bears quarterbacks haven't even played that many seasons for the bears, much less, you know, put up. I mean, now, now we're in the era where 4,000 yards is like pedestrian. So, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, they, you know, the Jared Goff threw for over 4,000 yards. Hell, Eli Manning threw for over 4,000 yards and everybody's ready to throw him on the trash heap. So it's uh, it, it's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna put up the stats um, for sure. I think somewhere along the line on on one of my Twitter accounts, whether it's my personal account or the Tick Splits account, I was talking with uh, with uh, Windy City Gridirons Lester Wilfong, who's going to be a guest on Halitech Hall. He's already committed to that. That's awesome. And, yeah, he was on our show as well. You know, I think I I, I posted 3,200 yards, uh, 32 touchdowns, and in 12 interceptions uh, for for the year as is my my uh, prediction for 19. So I hope I'm close. Yeah, I think he could do that. I mean, the guy missed two games last year, so you know he he should if he plays all 16 he should be just fine um you know i don't and we've talked about it on the show i don't think that uh he needs to become you know a, a guy that throws 50 touchdowns for them to win uh, i think i think we're looking forward to a team that's going to have a, a much improved running game um obviously i think the retooled backfield and the addition of Brad Childress in the coaching uh department i think the offensive line is going to just get better um, as they get to play together more and hopefully Kyle Long is healthy. And and I think it's going to surprise people actually how much Nagy runs the ball. I was thinking about it. Um, they did a uh, guys over at the Chicago Audible uh, used to be the Bears brothers did a little prediction on some of the carries and they only gave Mike Davis 40 carries for the uh, for the season. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I think he's going to get at least 100 you know, and, and uh, Montgomery will probably get a couple hundred and, you know, Cohen will probably have 60 or 70. Uh, I, I think Nagy is going to be a running, uh, more run minded team um, this year around. What do you think about that? You think they're going to run the ball this year? I, I love whoever tagged 
the the uh, moniker Run DMC for the Bears running back tree. Yeah, that was, awesome. was that was just that was just freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be dynamic. Uh, yeah, I think that that the the threat of a much improved running game will actually help open up the passing game. Sure. Even more. You're going to see Cohen. Uh, you're going to see Montgomery in there. You're going to see him on the field at the same time. And don't forget Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. He can run the ball too. So you got, you got four guys that can run the ball. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Five guys. When you include Trubisky, that, uh, you know, you're going to see uh, a lot of balls on the, uh, you know, that, that, it, that the Bears are not going to be as prolific of a passing offense as maybe Kansas City, but it'll be more effective because of the threat of their running game that Kansas City doesn't have. And let, let's face it, is there, a, is there a team that has a three-headed monster like the Bears do in their, in their backfield? I, I well, can't think yeah, not on paper, certainly. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't know what Montgomery's going to be, but he certainly looks like he looks the part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I don't think I don't think Nagy is planning or hoping that they're going to have to have Trubisky throwing the ball 40 plus times. I don't think that that's going to be a that's not a, a formula for for winning that many games, you know, unless I th- you I think you have a quarterback like, you know, uh, Kansas City does. Go ahead, Brian. The key, the key word there is threat. I, we, I think people are under the impression we didn't run a lot last year, but our numbers weren't too far off from the year prior. It's right. just the, the, what we got out of those runs wasn't what we were expecting. I think Nagy, we know Nagy's going to run. It just, uh, and you got to also factor in in an RPO offense. Those short passes are factored in almost like a run in that mm-hmm. offense. So right. I, I think, I think you, he was making the attempts to run. He was giving Jordan Howard every opportunity he could. It just wasn't it wasn't happening. I think with this group of running backs, it's going to be a threat. We, we're going to see the we know Nagy's going to run. I just think some people lose sight of that, that if you look at the numbers, we weren't far off from what John, how much John Fox was running. It. Right. We just we just weren't getting the production. Right. I, I can't disagree. It's a great analogy. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be exciting. You know, I think, um, you know, I think that uh, another year of these guys playing together, another year for all these receivers in this offense, um, you you know, you've added the young guys in Ridley, who looks like he could be a, a possession receiver type of guy, uh, obviously, you know, known for running uh, great routes. And then, um, you know, possibly the speedster Marvin Hall and maybe this Emmanuel Hall kid um, ends up being a, a guy that makes the team. Um, you know, certainly a lot of competition in the wide receiver room. Uh, you know, you might even have guys like Javon Wims, you know, on the outside looking in when it's all said and done, you know, because Pace talked about keeping six receivers and, you know, somebody's going to be the odd man out uh, as far as that goes. What, what do you think of the wide receiver group there, Michael? You summed it up perfectly. I think you're you're absolutely right. There's there's some there's more speed in that room than there was at the end of last year. Um, I, I really like Anthony Miller. I think the guy is going to be really special. You know, he played all season with a bum shoulder that, that popped out of its socket more almost every game, according to, you know, the reports that came out uh, after the year, he's had surgery to correct that. Um, 
Robinson a year, and now another year fully removed from that ACL, who played lights out against the Eagles in that playoff game with a fractured rib. Wims, you might, you, you, yeah, he might be the odd man out. You got Cordell Patterson that we, nobody's talking about again, who he can do it all on that field. And he's going to take a lot of pressure off of Cohen. And of course, Cohen's going to be the, the, the guy that, that he can either run the ball, he can catch the ball, he can throw the ball. He's going to be that, uh, you know, that, that swizzle stick that stirs the drink that makes the rest of the offense go. It's going to be exciting. Um, one of the most polarizing names in recent Bears history uh, who showed up on the you know, Bears top 100 list, I think at 82, a guy by the name of Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler has had probably more talent than any quarterback we have ever seen play in a Bears uniform. Can you imagine what the Bears offense could have been if they would have surrounded Cutler with the type of talent that they're surrounding Trubisky with? Think about that. We've had, we've had that discussion, man. I agree. I think Mitch has been – Mitch is – especially in a league where you the quarterbacks are almost like set up not to fail as much as possible. Um, he's been surrounded with I, – I, I, I totally agree. I think the de- and not just the talent Mitch is surrounded with the depth of talent. Like this is the first. I mean, this is the first season we don't I, like probably the second season we're not questioning who who we going to throw to. Like <laughs> it, we're questioning who's going to make the team. Pace has really set it up to create competition at at those positions, and at, Mitch Mitch is definitely surrounded better than I've seen any Bears quarterback. You know, speaking of pace. Um, Give me your thoughts on what he's done in the short time he's been with the Bears. I've, I know you guys want my ideas on on him, but I, I swear to God, this uh, this kid has grown into this position, and uh, you know he's going to be a GM for the Bears for a long time. I'll yeah, go, first. I, go ahead, <clears throat> I think Pace, like you said, the first couple of years, I think he was handcuffed by. Uh, by John Fox and that regime. And then finally, I think we've seen the last couple of years, what he's done. He's missed on a couple of ones. We've got it. I mean, if we've got to take the good, we also have to point out the baddies. He missed on white. That's a big one. But I think that from a top to bottom standpoint, his drafting has been pretty outstanding and his willingness to spend money has been refreshing you know that was always a knock in chicago that well chicago is not a not a big market it's a big market town with a small market budget as far as playing paying players i think he's more than busted that and uh i'm really excited to see what happens with these kids that we drafted this year because i think there are some really hidden gems that we ain't even talked about yet that are gonna play prominent roles this year yeah, I think. Go ahead, go ahead man. Yeah. Well, I, I was just I, I can't recall a, a Bears GM coming in. He's young too, and like you're gonna, he took the job young, and he made some mistakes. But you, if if you watch Pace, he he seems to learn from those mistakes. Like okay, he took some guys that Leonard Floyd took a little while to pan out, and and White was 
a lot of based on potential. And then he goes and drafts a kid like Roquan Smith, who you knew was a sure hit. So he, he's, 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 he's maturing in the process too. And I, I love the character guys he's brought in, the guys he's found in free agency, his late round picks have been awesome. Like you're, you're always, ex- I mean, we were, we were excited about starting the draft in the third round. Cause we know pace puts in work and, and most of our fan base was hanging on every pick he made. When, when was it like that to that degree where we're just like pumped up about seventh round picks, like paces, uh, paces changed everything for us. Really? I mean, bring, bring in Nagy too on to top it all off. I mean, I, I think he, I think he's great, man. I, I really do. I think he's done a hell of a job. I think he's grown into the position. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a shift uh, with pace in in drafting. He's been aggressive the last two or three years, trading up. Uh, but he traded up to get the players that the Bears needed. Now that the team. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty much, I think the three of us could go into a room uh, and, and select a 53 man roster and be pretty damn close to what that final roster is going to be for opening day, uh, barring any injuries. Now you're going to see a shift because what they need to do now is what, Pace has been saying all along, we need to build through the draft. We need to build through the draft. All good teams build through the draft. Green Bay Packers have done it for years. The Green Bay Packers have seldom ventured into the – they spent more money in free agency this year than they did the last five years combined. The New England Patriots, you always see them trading down and accumulating picks – and look at their record. You know how many years have they been in the AFC Championship game? And they're never in the, the free agency market making big splashes. They built through the draft. And I think you're going to see that now with pace, unless there's some some terrible injuries that they need to replace uh, through free agency. I think you're going to start to see them now trading down and accumulating more draft choices. They're going to get a benefit of uh, some compensatory picks this year. And they made a change in compensatory draft picks. Uh, I think it was, if it wasn't this year, it was the year before, where you can now trade those. You couldn't trade compensatory draft picks up until recently. So you're going to see a dynamic shift in Bears drafting philosophy where they're going to be they're going to be trading down. They're going to be accumulating more drafts because like you just said, and very well put, he doesn't miss too often on, on mid to late round picks. So if you're giving up a, a first round for two second rounds, it's going to be an awesome, you know, the, the just going forward the next several years, you've got a window now where the bears are ready to win and they can sustain that through the draft going the next several years. Yeah. Well, I think what you say is definitely true. Um, you know, and, and the, the way that the way that pace will have to operate it simply because hopefully the bears are going to be, you know, 11, 10, 12 win teams, um, you know, for many years here. And so that's, that's kind of the, the territory you end up in is with a lot of, 
later round picks. And, um, you know, like you said, he can, you know, hopefully we can, we can start to operate, you know, somewhat the way the Patriots do and, you know, kind of, uh, stockpile, uh, picks and, you know, get these late round gems. And I think what's so, uh, exciting about pace and what what pace and Nagy have done for this team is they've really made chicago a destination that other players and other coaches and and other gms are are looking to the bears and saying how can we do what they're doing how can and then players are saying how can we play with them they're having so much fun you know we want to be a part of that and, you know, you know, probably better than anybody that it's been a long time <laughs> since the Bears have been thought of in that way, you know, as a, as a franchise that people wanted to emulate and as a destination that players really, really wanted to go to. It always felt like we were picking from the second tier and third tier or overpaying. And to go back to what Jer said about the Bears being cheap. They weren't cheap. They just they just had to spend overspend on guys. And I think they spent a good amount of money. They just spent badly, you know, um, guys like Brian Cox and you know things like that. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that that, that whole Bears are hey, cheap. Hey, now I have a Brian Cox jersey. Let's not go there. <laughs> that yeah. whole Bears are cheap thing, you know, and Hallis, uh, you know, throwing nickels like manhole covers, um, you know, sort of legend from way back in the day kind of kind of took on a life of its own. But if you really look at what the Bears have spent in free agency, they've spent, they've just kind of spent poorly. Um, and, and I think that pace has gotten to the point where he's, he's built through the draft and then, you know, now you get to be selective. Now you get to be smart. Now you get to do things like lock guys up for long-term deals at bargains because they want to stay here. You know, I mean, I think the same thing is going to happen with Mitch. I don't think Mitch is the type of quarterback that's going to want a $35 million a year deal, you know, where he becomes a, you know, a, a, a quarterback of a team that's got cap problems in two seasons. He just doesn't strike me as that. So it's just exciting. I mean, the guy, you know, pace definitely had the little Rocky moments, but you know, they stayed the course with him and it's paid dividends. And now Nagy and pace are just in lockstep and they got that whole organization, you know, looking looking amazing. I mean, it's just from the new Hallis hall to, to the social media, to everything. I mean, it's just a whole new bears team from top to bottom. Yeah. Aaron, you're at, you're absolutely right. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's a whole new, we've never seen it before. You know, we haven't, we, the league hasn't been this excited about the bears. Let's face it since Peyton retired. Yeah. Peyton, Peyton retired after the the uh, the 87 season uh, in 1988. They made it to the NFC title game, and but they got absolutely obliterated by the 49ers on a very cold ass day. I froze my ass up in those stands on on that on that that game, and uh, I think it was 28 to three or 28 to seven was the final score. And since then. The Bears lost relevance. They got it back a little bit in the 2000s. 
they surprised the entire league the year before they closed Soldier Field to renovate it when they went 13 and three uh, with uh, was it Dick Geron was their head coach. Mm-hmm. You, you, I don't know if you guys yep. remember that. I remember Dick Geron. Yeah, you know, good coach. You know, everybody, everybody hated Dick Geron as a coach because he had zero personality. He really right. did. Right. You know. You know, but he 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 replaced Wanstead. So they they had they went from an offensive coach to two defensive coaches, and then they got in Lovey Smith, and that was their guy, and he was a defensive coach. And they couldn't wait to get rid of Lovey Smith. You know, he wins 10 games, but they don't make the playoffs. And they go, yay, see you later. And they bring in Tressman. What, what the hell was the name of the GM? Em, Emery? Phil Emery. Yeah. That was just a disaster. It's been a disaster since McGinnis was – Mike McCaskey had a, a deal in place to bring in McGinnis to, to be the head coach. And they they had this press conference. They said, oh, well, we'll just take care of the contract after the press conference. They didn't even have him sign. So McGinnis said, it ain't happening. And he walked out. He absolutely walked out of Hallis Hall. And, and the, the Bears had their press conference and said, well, we were going to name a, a head coach today. But uh, he decided he wasn't going to be our head coach. And ever since that time, it's just been one disaster out after another in walks pace. He blew it with Fox. I don't know if he was pressured to do to hire Fox. You know, they had that consultation where they were trying to find the head coach and blah, blah, blah. And I don't even want to get into that part. Fox comes in and they're absolutely Abe Gibran era horrid as in terms of record. And then all of a sudden this guy Nagy shows up. And he's like the second coming of George Hallis. The guy just boggles your mind on how innovative he is, which is what George Hallis was. Uh, you know, he's offensive minded, which George Hallis was. You know, George Hallis played both sides of the ball. You know, back in the day, you, 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 know, you didn't have a 53-man roster. And a lot of guys played on both sides of the ball. Nagy has instilled, you know, the game is for the young now. The game is for the young. And, you know, this, the, the, just having fun, the excitement, the, the energy that he brings to the team is something, guys, we've never seen in our lifetime. I know you haven't seen it, and I definitely haven't seen it. And I've been around a few more years longer than all of you guys. I might be combined. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all over. We're all over forty. So here, I, I'm flattered. Actually, we'll just I'll just take that and run. So uh, I didn't know you're over forty. I thought you were in your thirties. But no, I remember, all, I remember some bad thirties. Thank you. But uh, you're you're welcome. But um, you know, it's just fun to be a Bears fan. I I live in Wisconsin now. I've been living in Wisconsin for over twenty three years, and uh, you know, in in Appleton, in in Madison. Uh, I live now along the state line, uh, just north of Freeport, and it's so much fun to sit there and, and people. I, I'm begging them to go. You're a Bears fan? Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, don't be. If it weren't for the Bears, you wouldn't have a franchise in Green Bay. Oh, they got <laughs> bailed out. You know, they got ba- bailed out by Hallis a couple of times in the 30s. 
you know, and, and then, then I challenge them, you know, so it's there, we can go over that in another podcast at another time, but uh, you know, it's fun to be a bears fan, like the, 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 the dynasty that the Blackhawks had from t- 2009 until, until just recently, it was just fun to be a Blackhawks fan. It's What's- now fun to be a Cubs fan. Right. Well, it's funny you bring that up because it's something that I was just thinking about. I sort of feel like that, you know, the the Rocky Wirtz kind of transformation of the Blackhawks sort of started this renaissance of Chicago teams, you know, where the Blackhawks obviously had their had had their big win and wins. And they, you know, the, the city, you know, just was transformed again into a Blackhawks town, you know, from basically having forgotten that the Blackhawks existed, you know, with the, with the previous regime, um, you know, not even putting them on television and, and, and all of that. And then, you know, and then you, you roll right into the Cubs and the, you know, the way that the, 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 the Cubs changed their whole way of doing things, bringing in Theo. And I really think that the bears finally realized that they had to, do something and that they could do something. And, and point of fact is that if they didn't do something, these other teams were going to capture the hearts and minds of all the young people in the city. And, and with the way that the league is now, you know, people are fans of teams all around the country. I mean, you don't have to live in a city to follow a team, to immerse yourself in a team, to watch every single game, to, you know, to really, really get into these teams. So if the Bears, you know, kind of didn't do something after the Tressman and and Fox years, you know, they were really, I think, on a on a slippery slope to, you know, uncharted territory of, you know, of irrelevance, you know, with with, you know, half empty stadiums towards the end of the season and so forth. But I really look at the Cubs, you know, and what they did in 2016 as a real shot in the arm for, uh, you know, for, for the bears. And I think it was kind of started by the Blackhawks, you know, now if only Jerry Reinstorf would get the memo uh, (laughs) as well. But uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, once you see those uh, parades in Grant park, you say to yourself, boy, I sure like one of those. And I think Virginia definitely wants one before she goes. She'd love to have that. Wouldn't she? The, the yeah. worst part about the worst part about uh, parade time is uh, you'd have to have the parade in, in you know, mid February instead of June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I tell you what, if they win, it might last until June. <laughs> oh, there is, there is no doubt I I went to Wrigley Field the Sunday after the the parade, and the there were thousands of people milling around that stadium. It was just it boggled my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And people are writing on the walls with chalk, yeah, uh, you know, and and saying that they were there, and the W flag was still flying from the center field scoreboard. And all of the the souvenir places, Wrigleyville Sports and, and everything, they were just jam packed with fans just lingering mm-hmm. for because of because you know well we'd never seen it before in yeah. 108 years, it was just amazing to witness, and you know 
it'll be that way for the for Bears fans in February. And guys, I'm, I'm I have no doubt that the Bears are going to be if it unless they get a string of injuries. That's the one thing that I'm concerned about most. Uh, there's there's no reason why this this team can't be playing in the Super Bowl. The, the only problem I have with the, the Super Bowl is in Miami again this year. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if yeah. we have a rainstorm like we did in, in, in 2006 <laughs> yeah. and in our our brain trust decides to throw the ball all over the place instead of letting Thomas Jones run the ball, Bears win that game. But they just they just absolutely went brain dead in the second half when they had every chance to win that game. Well, the Cubs can thank the Red Sox because uh, Theo was our boy wonder before he ended up going to Chicago. So just throwing <laughs> that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so a couple other things I, I wanted to get to real quick. Um, just a little bit about, um, you know, the, the, the retooling of the, of the coaching staff. I mean, um, you know, of course, Fangio has departed and a lot of people are talking about that as a loss. Um, and you know, there's been a couple other things, but one of the things I think Lester Wilfong brought up the other day on Twitter was, um, all the naysayers that still exist and and it's even from within the fan base and you know and i don't know if it's just people being bored on twitter or if it's the bears fans sort of negative nature or like a protective you know we don't want to get hurt sort of issue but you know if you know you mentioned injuries you know and i just talked about fangio's departure what else do you think would be some things that might sort of derail what what's going on for this next season, the way that we see it. I, I think those are the two things. There's going to be a natural progression in the offense. And that side of the football, I think is pretty set defensively. Yeah. There's some, there's some new coaches in there, but they've got talent and depth at all three levels. They might be a little thin at linebacker, but they still have, some stud players at linebacker and Mac and Trevathan. You still have Kwiatkowski, you know, back there and he's, he's decent. You know, he's, he's a good special teams player. Uh, I don't see a problem in their roster, the way the, the hub Arkushes of the world see it. Uh, you know, he's, he's bad. He's bad mouthed the bears since he got fired back in the, you know, when God was a small child, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. he'll, 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 he'll deny it until he's dead and gone. But yeah. there's, there's definitely a, an anti bears bias in, in the way he talks. He always looks at, at things that quite frankly, sometimes aren't even there, yeah. but that he sees them, you know, of course, you know, I think that if you could put the Arkush in, in La Canfora, in the same room together, I think they would just love each other to death because they both agree that the bears suck. Yeah, that's true. I wish <laughs> that, uh, I, I really wish that Obradovich and Buffon could, could come back and do the post games, you know, uh, like, like back in the day, it would just be so nice to have Buffon have something to be happy about, you know, cause he, you know, <laughs> so, you know it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, um, 
Tick Splits advertised on WGN Radio during the post game, and you know Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich just tore into the Bears like I couldn't believe. It. I was like, guys, they're winning. <laughs> what, what the hell is your problem? You didn't run the ball enough. Yeah, and I don't think Buffon would. I don't think Buffon would. He would balance things out. Uh, even yeah. though he could he could get on his you know his his high horse and get crazy, I think I think he was still a, a guy that that loved to root for the team too. You know, it would be nice to hear him. It it's so funny to listen to to these guys because I, I hate to say it, but they're really out of touch with today's game. They want, you know, they want, they want the nutcracker. They want, they want drills twice a day. You know, they want live tackling and they want to kill each other during practices. And they want to, they want to tear up the opposition. That's not the way the game's played anymore, guys. I hate to tell you that. So, you know, you got to take, get out, get out of the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Great. Get back into the real world. This is a great I love point. Them to death. <laughs> love them to death, but they're just out of touch anymore. And and you know, players players are bigger, stronger, faster, and their build their body builds are just different. And the reality is, with the quick the quick twitch muscles that these guys have, that beating <laughs> would just it would just be it would be counterproductive to what we want to do as a franchise. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, and so, these guys, these guys work out 365 days a year now. Exactly. Too. They're not, yeah. they're not taking the off season selling cars and smoking heaters and eating cheeseburgers the way that, the way that these old players used to do. I mean, these guys are finely tuned machines making multi-million, you know, they make more in one season than guys made in their whole careers. And I think there's a little bit of, jealousy sometimes from these old players that see that, you know, and, and obviously they didn't have the opportunity and maybe they would have done it if they had the opportunity, you know, but I mean, you know, these guys, these guys, some of these guys, rookie contracts are more than, uh, than players made in 10 years, you know, that played in, in the eighties and, and so oh, forth. Yeah, so there's, there's, it's impossible. There's no it's impossible you know, to not be a little bit jealous. You know what I mean? Like if you're, you know, if you were a plumber in the forties and now you see guys making $150 an hour, you know, like you're going to be a little bit jealous of the plumbers, you know, nowadays. And it's the same thing with these players, you know, they're, they're gonna, there's going to be some underlying, you know, level of, of jealousy. So I think some of that comes out in that. But I think some of it, some of it is, is the fire of these older guys too. Sure. Sayers, Sayers career. If that happened now, I've heard him say it that like that injury could easily he could have had surgery and still played back then Mm -hmm. and have that technology. So it's not only the money; it's also these guys are recovering from injuries that back in the day shortened people's careers. Yeah, Gail Gail Sayers tore all of the ligaments in his knee, every single one of them, and he had major reconstructive surgery. And came back the next year and gained a thousand yards, even though the Bears went one and thirteen that year. How he did that is absolutely mind got boggling with the type of surgical procedures they had back in the late sixties. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable, insane. unbelievable. You know, and then that's why he was the youngest player to ever be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. The guy well, I, is just absolutely unreal. And honestly, I think that's what's great about you is that you've seen so much Bears history and that you don't seem to have any of that, you know, kind of, you know, bad juju in your in your fandom, you know, that a lot of. You know, because I mean that, like going back to the Blackhawks, there were a lot of Blackhawks fans that were like angry about the bandwagon, you know, and and the new fans, and the same thing with the Cubs. You know, they were there were Cub fans that were just like, oh look, you know. And, and my thing about bandwagon fans is, you know what makes up parades? Bandwagons. <laughs> so when you have a parade, you get bandwagons, and if you don't like that and you don't like your team becoming, you know, the most popular team and and all the kids all of a sudden changing from, you know, whatever they used to root for to now, then, you know, then then I don't know what you're doing because that's what happens. You know, I mean, half a half a New England didn't even know who the Patriots were until they started doing what they did. And now, you know, there's you know, there's Patriots fans from from Florida to Maine you know, to, to San Diego, to everywhere. And the same thing, you know, and, and look at the 85 bears did for, for the bears nation. And it basically birthed the bears nation. And 90, I would say everybody we've talked to about how they became a bears fan references the 85 bears, unless, you know, I mean, unless they're just too young, but even the people that are too young, they, you know, it's still, you can't escape that. And so, you know, if the 2018 Bears win the Super Bowl, there's going to be bandwagon fans. But come on board, man. I mean, we're, you know, let's go. That's how I say. And that's why I think that's great about you is that you don't seem like you have that, you know, that kind of old, fuddy mentality. <laughs> uh, I, I'll take that as a compliment. You're yeah. absolutely right. You know what, guys? The, the, the train is rolling. Get on board because it's going to be a fun ride. If you want to come along and you've been a Bear fan for 50 years like me or 50 days, there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun year. So, guys, hop on now and enjoy the ride, ladies and gentlemen, because it's going to be a fun year. Yeah, this train's rolling. I mean, that you know, that game that we went to against the Packers and the, the sun was shining in December, I mean, I – I would love to keep that feeling in a bottle and just just drink a little bit of it every day because it was it's one of the greatest feelings as a sports fan I've ever had in my life was watching that game and feeling that crowd and feeling that energy and feeling the energy afterwards. And we were running around the stadium like just idiots, like kids, like little kids, you know, you know, high five and bear man and. And just, I mean, it was wild. It was like, you know, I was, I felt like I was 15 years old, you know, and, and you looked like you felt the same way. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I did. It, was unbelievable. It, was, it was great. I tell you what, um, I, obviously I've been to a lot of games in Chicago, whether it's both Soldier Field or, or Wrigley Field. I can never remember a stadium so electric as that Packer game was it from start to finish. The crowd was just insane. Uh, you know, they were, they were screaming at the, at the top of their lungs every time that the, the bears defense lined up against Rogers. It was just an incredible feeling 
an incredible place to be at to witness mm -hmm. you know the 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 culmination of what is the the naggy era and guys it's not gonna it's we're not going backwards this year i hate to tell la camphora that well no as a matter of fact i'd love to have him on our podcast so i could tell him exactly <laughs> that but uh you know it you know yeah like like you said hop on board guys Ladies, enjoy the ride because it's going to be a fun year. Awesome. Well, this has been awesome. Um, before you go, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your baby, Tix Blitz. Uh, tell uh, tell the listeners about that, and then um, we'll wrap up uh, the interview. Have you ever bought tickets from the big guys? I'm not going to mention their names because I don't want to get in trouble, but you have, right? You've gone online. You've bought tickets because it's a sold out event, but you got to go, you know, you, you got to be there and you pick out your tickets and you put them in your shopping cart. You click on next and you go to put your credit card information in and that $200 ticket to the Bears Packers game now costs you 250 bucks because of all the service fees that they have. Yeah. There are Been no there, done that. There's no service fees, guys. The price you see on TickSplits is the price you pay. The only additional fee that you have is a delivery charge. For It's $7.95 if it's an e-ticket. If it's a hard ticket where you actually get the tickets in the mail, we FedEx them to you, and it costs you 15 bucks. That's it. You don't have to type one keystroke to find a ticket. You can find every single Chicago sporting event with one mouse click. You can find every single major sporting event with two mouse clicks. You don't have to waste time. The search engines are lightning fast. There's no service fees. We accept all major credit cards. We accept PayPal. We've got a fantastic customer service department. It is absolutely a first-class site from top to bottom. If you haven't been to the site, shame on you. Go to the site so when we do talk about it in our upcoming podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Because, guys, quite frankly, there's no site like it anywhere on the Internet. If you go to the hub guys or you go to the guys that call themselves geeks, you got to type in what you want to see. And then, for example, on one of the bigger ones, if you're on the Cubs website, you scroll down and you get maybe 20 games and then you got to click again to go to another another page to see another 20 games. If you wanted to click on what's going on for the Cubs the rest of the year, you click on the thumbnail that says Chicago Cubs on the main page. It takes you right to their ticket page. Every single game from tomorrow through the end of the year is on that page. You don't have to you don't have to screw around clicking and pointing or typing anything. The only thing I want you to type in is your email address. So you get our newsletter every week about new about upcoming events or events that are going to be closing and enjoy the ride. Like I said, with the, with the bears, tick splits is 600% increase in sales year to date over last year. We're the fastest growing ticket service on the internet and we're, and we're growing every day. So, um, it's, it's, it's a site that's dedicated to my son who passed away three years ago uh, from an illness. 
he absolutely loved concerts. He was passionate about his music. And the only thing he liked in the sporting world was hockey. And I'm, of course, you can't tell how passionate I am about sports, but you'll, you'll get to know me as <laughs> weeks go by. Uh, it's a perfect, it's a perfect marriage. It's, it's that, that's a living testament to my son, uh, whose name was Chris. When you see me wearing uh, jerseys, you'll see my name on the back or the name Tick Splits on the back with the number 27 on it. The 27 is my son's birthday. He was born in on the 27th of November. So anytime I'm wearing a jersey of my own instead of a player's jersey, it's got the number 27 to, to honor my son. Uh Give the site a try, guys. It, it doesn't matter whether you're buying Cubs tickets or Blackhawk tickets or Bears tickets or Billy Joel tickets or or if you're if you're into to Kiss and Adam Lambert, they're all there. They're all there. There's six billion dollars worth of ticket inventory on on our website on a daily basis. If you can't find the ticket, it's kind of like Benny's Beverage Depot. If you can't find it at Tick Splits, it's not worth going to. You know, um, it, it's a lot of fun being the marketing director for the website, and uh, we're going places, guys. So, yeah. so like your network, uh, Tick Splits is is new on the scene, but we're fast becoming a big player. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, we're excited to have uh, partnered with you. And uh, just a reminder, people can use the promo code tailgate to get 5% off their order with tick splits. Um, and I've, I've used it. I bought the tickets for that Packer game. We were talking about from tick splits, got a great deal, got a great seat. Um, you know, was able to pick out uh, the seat that I nearly the seat that I wanted. I mean, we ended up being right next to, you know, people that I uh, wanted to be nearby to, and it was really easy. Um, and that's another thing I thought was easier than some of the other sites was, was picking the seat. Um, so that worked out well. So, yeah, um, Jared could probably find that string cheese incident or whatever. He, whatever the heck <laughs> hey man, don't, don't be knocking my string cheese, boy. Don't be talking. Hey, there, there ain't nothing wrong with, with string cheese. And, and, uh, I, you know, I've been living up in, in the, uh, Wisconsin like area now for, for 23 years, and <laughs> I live in the capital of cheese curds, Monroe, oh. Wisconsin. So uh, there you uh, go. Come come on up, and uh, there's I got a little place that's on the north side. We've got a little German style square in the middle of town, and they've got this great little place uh, called Northside Pub and Grill that have the best cheeseburgers, and the owner's a big Cub fan. Go go nice. figure. So come on <laughs> well, up and I'll treat, I'll treat you to a burger uh, right here in Monroe and, and uh, a burger, cheese, curds, and some uh, some good old-fashioned brewskis. You won't want to leave the place, I promise yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'd probably leave in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you for the time, Michael, and we're looking forward to many more of these. And uh, we'll be um, looking forward to our, uh, our show that's going to be – your show, um, Mike, it's going to be called Halitech Hall, um, and we're looking forward to recording the first episode on Thursday, and hopefully uh, we should have it out um, over the weekend. And, uh, you know, so look for that um, on the podcast stream. Uh, that'll be coming up, and then I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, crossover with our show as well with the uh, the tailgate 
uh, boys. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. And we're hoping to, um, you know, to focus on your knowledge of, of the bears history. And, uh, I'm just excited to learn more about it, you know, because, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't obviously know much about anything prior to 85. Um, so it's going to be exciting just to, just to hear you talk about that. And then of course, to follow the team, uh, in the 2019 season. So, uh, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. It's going to be a lot of fun guys. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, the guys that are, that have joined us today, uh, Aaron and I have talked a little bit about the format of the show, um, we're going to do a segment on the current team, you know, the, the upcoming game and the previous game. We're going to do a little segment each week on Bears history, you know, from from Gail Sayers and Walter Payton to, you know, let's we can go all the way back and talk about Red Grange and what he meant to the league and the team. And that'd be uh, awesome. It's just it's just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be bringing on some guests as well. Like I said, you know, Lester from Windy, Windy City Grand Iron is going to be one of our first guests. Um, the first two shows Aaron and I have already talked about, we're going to go over the Bears list of one, their top 100 players. So our first show on Thursday is going to be dedicated to the bottom 50. The show the following week will be dedicated to the top 50. We'll throw in some current news along the way. Uh, it's going to be a fun ride. So, uh, so just like the, the fans uh, that are going to be hopping on board the Bears train, hop on board the tailgate train, everybody, and tell all your friends to come by and listen because this isn't just uh, an ordinary podcast. We're going to be talking about Bears and Bears history, not just current events. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, if you guys ever want me on this show on Tuesday nights, uh, feel free. I'm, I'm available every Tuesday night as well. Uh, and then, of course, the Halitech Hall, which is a nice play that Aaron came up with, a play on Hallis Hall. Uh, I thought it was a unique twist to it. So um, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you very much for having me on today. Thank you very much for the opportunity to go forward with Halitech Hall starting this Thursday. Awesome. Well, thanks, uh, for, thanks for coming on, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate pleasure. it, man. Look forward to the podcast too. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys next, uh, next month at, at the celebration. And of course we're, we're going to be there for opening night against the Packers. Uh, so uh, maybe the four of us can get together and do something pregame. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And we're also, I'm, I'll be down at training camp a little bit too. And I think Jer will um, as well. So that's going to be fun. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Have a great night. And um, as, always, as always, bear down. Bear down. All right there, Bears fans. Welcome back to the Tailgate Show Part 2. Uh, what the hell is going on with you, Diddy? Are you okay? Are you having a fucking <laughs> stroke? I'm I'm good, man. He's I, okay. I, that was <laughs> that was, a, that was an inter- awesome interview with Michael. Uh, the guy is a, an encyclopedia of Bears knowledge, so he's going to be wow. sharing that with That's us and sharing that on his show. So that was cool. Yeah, man, that was enjoyable. It was uh, kind of got schooled a little bit on some Bears history, which is 
kind of what he's going to yeah some on his podcast so it's, it's got to be cool. ama- it's got to be amazing to just be able to bring up actual memories of stuff that you know is only available on black and white footage <laughs> yeah well, wow. he, the things he's he's witnessed live is, is pretty awesome yeah, yeah I thought, for sure i thought the games i witnessed lives were pre- live were pretty good but shoot that's pretty impressive you know wrigley field and Here's, you know what's crazy? Here's something crazy. There's kids that are not even going to remember football that wasn't that wasn't in HD. There's kids now that haven't seen a Bears Super Bowl. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! yeah they, <laughs> I mean, they about to though. Ah uh, yep yep that's true. But I mean, isn't that crazy? Like you look at you know I mean thank God for NFL films because. You look at the old footage of of baseball and and basketball, even from the 80s and 90s, and it's horrible. And if it wasn't for NFL films and the Sables and all that, I mean, we wouldn't have any good footage of the old of old football. I mean, it would be trash, you know, so since we started this journey down memory lane, mm -hmm. uh, the the, uh, that bears uh, 100 year scrapbook, they're doing that player it's something tied into that they're doing that player countdown of the 100 best bears yeah it's already and, got everybody all fired up well Here man we go. i'm gonna bring it up go ahead i'll, I'll bring a player i've got a controversy between two players they're close but as a player as a player not not i understand the super Bowl ring but mm-hmm. mcmahon over cuddy on the all-time list I mean, stats, yeah. stats aren't everything. But how do you, I mean, I don't know how you I don't know how you make a list like that. Yeah, that's true, too. It's, like, it's I mean, fun. I just I don't know how. Like, I mean, I don't know the criteria has to be so broad yet narrow. And I mean, I don't even know how do you do it. Like, you know, they already got Eddie Jackson in there. They already got Khalil Mack. They already got Akeem Hicks. They already got. You know. Yeah, that's actually an interesting. You know, I've, the other player controversy is that I think they have long ahead of Hicks, and I I kind of think that should be switched. They have long ahead of Cutler. Well, yeah, which is weird. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're right. The Cutler's too low. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I really don't. The guy holds a ton of records. I mean, I mean who, top, what top other quarterbacks? 50, right? Gonna, you think top what, fifty? Cutler? What other quarterbacks in Bears history are going to be ahead of him? Luckman, <laughs> McMahon, does Rex, Gro- does Rex Grossman makes make this list? No. You don't think? Nope. Took us to a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. The defense took us to a Super Bowl. Uh, you can make the same argument about, about McMahon. There you go. And that's that. But well, McMahon, you're right. McMahon accomplished. But, but, but there's also – what's also factored into this is their persona. I mean it clearly so, – has to be their persona. It's it's not just about stats. It's not about football. It's not about wins and losses. I know I'm gonna have an issue if Peyton's not one. I'm gonna have a real big issue with that. I mean, well, the I color thing. Yeah, I'll get I mean, over. I'm good. You know what I mean? Else, it's, it's who else could be one? Gotta be Walter, dude. Dicka? No. N- nobody, man. Nobody. Nobody was – the only person possibly more Chicago is Papa Bear. And right. maybe it's just – maybe I'm just a lot older. <laughs> like we're, we're in, like you said, 40s now. So like – but 
when people start comparing it like Montgomery to Peyton already, that's so stupid. Stop. It's like blasphemous, man. Like Swear. I think, and not just people that, who like, should know better are doing it. People, old people, are doing <laughs> it. It's not. It's not young fools who've only seen Peyton on you know on their on their uh, Madden game where they select him. You know, they make a player or whatever you can do. I don't even know if you can have Peyton on those games, but it's it's people who should know better. People who saw Peyton in his prime are going on podcasts, on TV, you know, cable access, what have you. And they, they need are the STFU special. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shut the fuck up! Not you don't even that. know what you're talking about. The kids don't need that pressure coming in the NFL. Like no. if that did grow legs, like come on, man, let him be the first no. David Montgomery. And yeah. stop the game it. is completely different too. You're not running out of a near set with the fucking fullback lined up behind the quarterback and running power left and power right. And exactly. And, I mean, and you can't. You, the running style, because I, I could see a similar running style, but uh, just just stop. Just stop. Let yeah. Montgomery play. Right. I mean, it's like that's almost like calling Harold Minor baby Jordan. Like, you, you can dump. It's like, stop. Like, please. Like, oh, they back used to do that when, when, when we were in high school, man. They used to try to, like, oh, the next Jordan. Is it Grant Hill? Every no. white basketball like, player <laughs> after Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's the next Larry Bird. Oh, he's the next. Now, I guess it's what, Dark? Would that be the next one? The next Dark Novitsky? Yeah. It's the same it. stupid comparisons. Yeah. And we always, they always have to do it. I don't know why they have to do it, but it's that little just stutter like, step he has. They were just like everybody just got taken back. Like they, of course, we want the next Walter Payton here. I just, and you know what? I hope I'm wrong. I hope David Montgomery. Uh, I'm, I hope he is. It's never gonna be another Walter Payton. Exactly. No, Nobody, just, uh, of I, course you'd I, love to see it, but it's, it's man, I just, just a different. He was a different type of dude. He's a different type <laughs> like, of dude, but. But but I just think that nobody's ever going to be like him in terms of the way he would not go down. I, I don't think you're going to see the rushing record even be approached in the next 20 years by anybody. Because they're not going to put that much mileage on anybody. Exactly. I mean, unless you unless you find uh, you find a hybrid, though, that can actually can actually get those stats off the, the limited carries. Like mm, guy, a guy like a guy like Saquon, if you actually give him a decent offensive line, there's, uh, I don't know. The game's too much. There's so much passing now. I just don't see how a yeah. running back could amass the, that many yards plus longevity plus health. Yeah. And, and, and not, they're just not, not going to let it happen. Street. I actually feel bad for Saquon, but anyway, they're not going to let it happen. I mean, they just won't because you would think that a, a, a player like that would probably be on a good team, and so they're not gonna they're not gonna run him into the ground, and or they're on a bad team and they're saying, well, why are we gonna waste our guy when you know we could just you know we're gonna lose anyway? I mean, you know, Saquon was about as close as you get. I mean, and you know, or you know, Barry Sanders back in the day. You know, on those bad teams, 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, or hell, Jordan Howard. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was just, you know, well, just keep handing it to him because, uh, you know, it, you know, he at least he won't throw a pick. <laughs> Which right. is, I'm, watching Jaren, I'm watching Jaron cameras. Jerry, you like looking at a picture of Jordan right now? You're just looking yes. down like all melancholy and shit. No, not yet. Yeah, he's an eagle now, so he can go suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of the Eagles, uh, old Chris Long retired. Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of interesting. I wonder, doesn't and, that? It just brings me to how I don't know how much longer we'll have Kyle. Ah, uh, yeah, I think this is this is very likely his last season as a Bear. You think? Uh, well, the way the contract is structured, they they can get right out of it mm. after this season. Um, I mean, I think it really depends. I think I think that if he if he's healthy and he has a good season, uh, I think they'll they'll probably bring him back. But I think if he misses six seven games and you know other guys are stepping up, I mean, I think he'll retire. I mean, honestly, he's been I think, beat up pretty badly in the last yeah, year. If, if so. he needs, if he needs one more surgery, I think he hangs it up. I mean, he doesn't need the money. I think he's the kind of guy that's smart with his money. Obviously, is you know, it's how he's got lots of money. It's not like he's going to be hurting for money. Right. So, I just don't see him going through more surgery and and rehab and and all that. But. By the same token, if the team is really good and, you know, let's say we get to the NFC championship and, you know, or get to the Super Bowl and God forbid they don't win it or whatever. And, you know, and maybe he could come back. You know, you never know. I just have a feeling, you know. Yeah, I do, too. I feel like this is getting close to the end for him, which is sad. It is sad. And I hope that he. I hope that he goes out on a high note. You know, it's one of the worst things I see as a Bears fan is the way he gets treated by Bears fans. I think it's one of the one of the worst sides that we see of Bears fans, especially on Twitter, is all the haters of Kyle, who's never really done anything except give his body to the team. Um, yeah, and his soul. And, I mean, he's he's yeah. he was a leader for. I mean, he was a locker a, room leader. Guy was a stud and a Pro Bowler on a team that was you know, garbage, yep. garbage. So trash, you know, I just feel like I hope I, I want him to, to have his moment in the sun. And I think everybody in the organization does from top to bottom. And, you know, I think, I think there's a good chance he's going to have that, but I also just feel like, you know, he, he has a good sense of when it's time to step aside and let the young guys, you know, young guys do it. Yeah. You know, but I think he's the type of guy that, you know, will probably maybe still be around the organization, you know. Um, but, you know, you never know. He could be a guy that's going to just totally retire to the Virginia backwoods and and yep. we'll never see him again. As long as, we'll as, long as he's got his again. video games and whatever, yep. I think he'd be all right. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be interesting. I mean, he's been I mean, here besides Sherry McManus has been here the longest. But mm-hmm. I think Kyle's, right. Kyle's got to be right there. Yeah, no, I think he's easily the longest tenured current team member. I think I yeah, McMahon, McManus is McManus, but, right. Yeah, he was here for Lovey, I think, the end of Lovey. Maybe let's uh, check that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't recall off the top of my head. 
But uh, so what else happened? What else happened this week? We got the top 100. Uh, the Bears had a field day. Field day. Yep, they had <laughs> field day. My my son's gonna have a field day uh, towards the end of the year. I remember three legged uh, races. Is that what we did? Or? Yeah, there was. I think there was three legged uh, races. Ball. One of those big. One of those big earth balls. Like they had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look like fun. I mean, this team. That parachute. Remember that was back in the day. Yeah, the parachute. Oh, yeah. I mean, this team's so much fun. I mean, they just uh, even the cheesy stuff. You you watch it, and even though I'm cynical as hell, you watch it and you're like, you get into it. I mean, you just see how much like fun they're having, and even the stuff that could look really contrived doesn't. It it just looks awesome. Like, you know, and I don't know. It's just a testament to these guys. I mean, they even, you know, they were eating saltine crackers. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you, wonder, you wonder if they like, you wonder if he like snuck it on them, like had them come out and they. I know, think he like, did. <laughs> that, that's pretty said, awesome. Kyle said that he did. Like they were ready to have meetings and Nagy was like, guess what guys We're doing something else. Let's go out to the fields. And, and he totally sprung it on him. You know, and I th- what I think is cool is that it doesn't seem like there's any guys on this team that are like, oh, come on, this is garbage. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like I think we man, forget, too, that these they're still in their tw- a lot of these guys are still in their 20s. Oh, yeah. There's not many in their 30s. I mean, a good time's a good time. And, you know, you could probably yeah, get by but, with a little more. But But even though, you know, you guys could be jaded. I mean, you know, yeah, I, could, I could see some some Bears players of the past, you know, mm-hmm. being like salty about about this. But I think it was cool because, you know, you see the young guys getting involved in it. And it, speak, um, it speaks to what Nagy and Pace have turned this team into. Yeah. Good, good character guys that enjoy each other. Like there's there's camaraderie there and mm-hmm. everybody's having a good time. It's great. Well, and even a guy like Khalil Mack, who's a superstar, you know is is right in the middle of all of it having the most fun it almost seems like and i think that's what's that's what's cool about it is you know we've got a superstar <clears throat> who doesn't act like one yep you know yep and just a dude i still just you know rub my eyes every time i see that he's on the bears i'm just like what the hell like <laughs> how the hell did mm-hmm. we pull that off but like i told you guys that's a one that's my top the top guy I want to meet at the the 100 year, like that's that's the dude, man. Yeah, I think he's gonna have a monster season. I I really do. I think I think we just scratched the surface with him last year. He's got a he's full off. Develop an injury after Brian basically hugs him and tries to strangle him and take him home with him. Yeah, I, don't live vicariously through me, bro. I'm not going there. It's <laughs> like talking about I would I would do if I met him. <laughs> Turn off the Mac. Oh boy! <laughs> you don't want yeah. Pony getting his hands on Mac. No. <laughs> well, you know what I was I noticing today? I don't think Taquan Mizella is at the OTAs. Oh. At least, oh, man. At so least you know, OTAs. What, what do you guys like? What do you guys want to see out of them? Like, sir, like any bowing? no injuries? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see if James Daniels lines up at center. I've, I've I think firm, he's going to. I think I that's think almost a too. foregone conclusion. Uh, I think it is too, and I thought I thought he could have taken it last year, but I think that's, that's going to happen. 
And I think that offensive line is going to flourish in that. I mean, you've, you've now put two monsters in more natural positions where they're used to playing. Yep. And you got a big, as, as good as Cody, and Cody was great. Cody's been a great center. I mean, he had his snap issues the last year, but athletically getting out on linebackers, doing the things that you're supposed to do as a center. He's done that. And he's done that very well. And James Daniels is just as athletic. And I look forward to seeing what these guys are really going to do. It's going to be fun. You don't feel bad for Cody though. I mean, it's no, actually, hell no, it's I don't a, feel bad financially. Financially, it's actually a good thing, right? Yes. That that's, that is the one thing. Yeah. That that's brought- what's crazy is that guards actually make more money than centers now. Yeah, That's the one reason that I, that was the one reason I thought that it, maybe it wouldn't happen is because of a contractual thing, but you know, if they're willing to do it and we've, we're putting some people back and further in the rotation that we can develop. Hey, maybe they know better than me. I hope. Yeah. What's pretty cool. Speaking of, uh, Instagram, I saw on Instagram that, uh, scar from monsters of the tri-state, his kid got to go to Rashad cowards, uh, camp in New York. Um, yeah. I guess he's from that area. So he, he had a, a, a camp out there and, um, <clears throat> you know, so that was pretty cool just to see the camp and kind of see somebody, you know, who, uh, <clears throat> you, I've met him, you've met him, right? Diddy. Yep. Yeah. So, um, cool guy. If you guys are, uh, ever, you know, want to follow another good group of bears fans, monsters of the tri-state, um, all, uh, yeah, Bart tri- was at, Bart was at the bears cares gala. Did yeah. You see Bart's, that? Bart's coming back out for the 100 year. Cool. Nice. So maybe we'll see him. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Uh, Scar's good people. Um, that whole crew is cool. They came to my oh, restaurant. They, when they, they put were on a town. hell of a tailgate, man. It yeah. Was, it was a great time. So that was cool. Yeah. I mean, not much else going on. Just, um, you know, there was a couple moves today. The, uh, recently Gerald McCoy got cut by the bucks. People are kind of kicking around the ideas of, you know, maybe the Bears should pick him up. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're Didn't making they, any... The Bucks also signed Sue, did they not? Yeah, they got Dominican Sue. Um, so they just saved a lot of money. I mean, ultimately, McCoy had a big contract. Um, you know, it is interesting because you bring, you know, they were talking about Golik and Wingo this morning about contracts like that, you know, and, and everybody gets up in arms when the players want to have. Um, you know, some, some leeway and some say, and some, you know, hand in these, in these things, but the, you know, the teams can, at the end of the day, just cut these guys. I mean, he had, he had a good amount of contract left and a lot of money owed to him. And, you know, they just said, nope, guess what? You're too expensive. Now the caps up against you. See you later. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, you understand why, why these right. guys, especially in football, you know, they, they do what they do to, to maximize their earning potential. You know, when you have a career that that's probably gonna be three or four years, you know, maybe six if years, you're lucky. if you're lucky, yeah, you got to make that money, you know? So I don't, I don't really, you know, I, I think it gets ugly and, um, you know, but the, it's funny to me the way the fans tend to side with the billionaire owners, um, you know, yeah, instead of the players, you know, and then you see there's no loyalty, I mean, there's, there's, you know, but what I think is actually cool is that the bears seem to be an organization that does have a, you know, a decent amount of loyalty that's shown, you know, loyal to some degree. I mean, it's still a business more, more now than 
a couple of years Yeah, back. more now. But I think that that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's part of PACE and that's part of what, what makes this, this organization attractive to people for people to come to. You know, yep. I mean, the way they treat Zach Miller, you know, and that type of thing, the way that they took care of Johnny Knox, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day and and, um, you know, the way they've the way they've re connected with and embraced some of the bears of the past, you know, um, and, you know, giving them positions within the organization and things like that, you know, it's 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 good. You know, it hasn't always been like that, but it's starting to to get to that. And, and ultimately that's how it should be, you know, cause as we were talking about with Michael, I mean, you know, these guys played, some of these guys played for 20 years and didn't make what some guys make in one season, you know, com- combined. So, right. you know, and then they, and they really gave their bodies. I mean, you know, you want to see a, the hand of one of these guys that played football in the seventies and eighties. It looks like a freaking gnarled tree branch <laughs> i'll never forget the monday night when they retired we lost to the packers but the night they retired buckus's jersey and when he walked out and just to see how how frail mm-hmm. of a walk that he had and and to know how much of a freaking animal he was even then you know yep i mean think about those guys yeah they did they didn't. Have, there was no CTE. What are you talking oh. about? Oh, they had the ice tub. Yes, <laughs> that was it. That was your that's therapy. It. Yeah, the ice tub. Ice tub. <laughs> yeah, ice tub. He was, he was a mo- he was a monster, man. You go back and watch his highlights. He just he put he was the head out in the dudes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's crazy, but yeah. So you know, um, interesting. You know, not this is the slowest time of year. I mean, obviously, in between. Uh, the draft and the OTAs and, you know, things will start to ramp up a little bit, but, but I do think that um, I'm pretty as, fired up about this event though. I don't like to talk about it too much, Jer, but man, yeah, you do shut up. <laughs> I don't like to talk I about it. Too much. I talk talk about about it. Every single episode. talking about it. It's going to be dope, dude. I'm just oh, saying it's good. They just keep, they keep adding things that are just like, man, like, it's it's pretty impressive, man. You go just look on the website. I don't need to read through it all, but all all the panels are having. It's it's yeah. gonna be dope. Like, gonna, <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna. I don't know how anybody's gonna be able to get to them all. Like, yeah, Diddy's gonna be out there like roller girl with his roller blades and just mm-hmm. going. For it. Yeah. You bring your Segway. <laughs> hey, I don't know if they'll let me in with one, but yeah, why not? <laughs> we'll figure it out. I got that bracelet. I don't know what it does. I don't. I'll find out. I guess when I get there. Hours that you can't even fathom. No, it's like some <laughs> autograph photograph bracelet, but I don't know what it. it we'll see. That's cool. Unlocks, yeah, man. It unlocks a special room where you get to talk <laughs> to a hologram of George Hallis. Yeah, talk. To ask him one question. I'll record it for the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no cameras. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, no cameras. That's true. No selfie sticks. Do you think they'll let me in with one? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what kind of jerk would you have to be to bring a selfie stick to something like that? Uh, <laughs> you'd have to be a real jerk. Plus, I, uh, we we ended up booking those um, those VIP tickets for the uh, Soldier Field tour. Man, I can't wait for that either. That should nice. be pretty dope. Nice. So. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. Yeah, it'd be cool, man. Chicago's a great city. 
Uh, we had the uh, the Bears Care Gala. That was fun. Mitch is out there making all the ladies jealous with his girl. And uh, the boys are hanging out. Chase Daniel. Uh, Adam I, Donald, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Bray impressed me, too, on the red carpet there. Yeah, he did, he did his thing. I was like, damn, Tyler, all right. Yeah, he did his thing. He's making it happen on that practice squad money. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the backup <laughs> quarterback gets hot chicks, too. Damn. <laughs> hey. That's the life, man. That's what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's shit. One much else. Wasn't much else to talk about from this week. Did you have anything, Diddy? No, nah, man. Just uh, really, really excited about the uh, the 100 year celebration. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, oh, like, somebody, kick him. His ass is on repeat. <laughs> Smack him. It's I okay, told, man. I told him the other day. I was like, maybe you shouldn't bring it up so much. You no, know? it's okay. <laughs> bring and it the up. Shitty, man. The, the shitty part is. It's, I know it's family, but it's Vikings fans. Hey, man. it's my nephew and I. No, I know, bro. That's that. I know. I know. But leave it to Vikings fans to fuck you out of going. Yeah, it's okay. Could be worse. Well, I hear you, you know, when, uh, when Wyatt's playing for, for some team in the league. I hope. God, I hope so. That'd be amazing. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, man. I'm you just know. messing with you, Jay. I know, man. You're you're just a dick. It's all right. I, thought we were get the whole, I just thought we were gonna get the whole squad together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who does, uh, who does uh, those Wyatt play against? What conference are they in? Uh, that is like he's going to Southwest Minnesota State, mm-hmm. and that's D two, but that's the same conference that produced that's it's Minnesota State. Uh, I think I want to say Ferris State's in it too. Uh, Bueller. They, no, <laughs> but uh, that's the same conference that produced Adam Thielen, uh, the kicker that was on the uh, what was trying out for the Bears is also from that D two conference. I, I'm not for sure, and the coach is actually an ex Bear, so that was pretty. Well, cool. I'm just that'd be I w- I would I'd be down to like road trip to a game is all I'm saying. I think oh, it'd yeah, be that's it. The, as hell to go. It'll be cold as hell, man. Marshall, Minnesota is not warm. Well, they, yeah, but it gonna, it's not winter during the entire college football season. <laughs> no, they they kind of they kind of quit before that. It's cold, <laughs> bro. It's flat cold. <laughs> like yeah. for their spring, uh, for this year their spring uh, practice, they actually had a blizzard the week before. So for their spring workout. They all had shovels and were cleaning the field off with shovels. Jeez. <laughs> That's a real story. So, That's yeah, true. he's, uh, we're looking forward to see what happens to him. Uh, he's, uh, he's doing the work now to try to get himself ready and hopefully he does well. I know it'll be a shock. It's a big jump going from high school to college. So, I'll, fa- I'll FaceTime you and bro. Don't worry. Oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> he doesn't have FaceTime. Did he? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So. Yeah, you'll Skype me in like a. The, there we go. Yeah. Periscope. Did he? Did he selfie stick? Periscope will be going. Hey man. <laughs> I know, I've never. Owned I one tell of you these. what. If uh, I have a, you have uh, a, I would be yeah. all about it, man. I actually, I actually don't know many people in Connecticut that have them. So. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to know anyone there who did. 
Um, what about a drone? You could do like a drone, like a drone right. cam. This is off the rails. <laughs> I'll, just, I, I'll just I'll, I'll just <laughs> wear a GoPro. Oh yeah. <laughs> this between you and me, smashed hat. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm done with you. I'm done with both of you assholes. <laughs> oh, Jer. We'll save you some Garrett's. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> we'll send you. We'll put a we'll put a slice of Pequods and some Garrett's and a shot of Malort all in a fucking uh, a, a ziploc ziploc bag. If you get the ziploc care package from Diddy, you better uh-huh. be careful. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You open it up, you might just end up pregnant. <laughs> That's it. Boom. Pregnant. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm done. All right, that's it. We ain't got nothing else. We 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 we. we Skeeted it all out there. It's just another episode of the Tailgate Show. Tailgate Show. The tailgate. Uh, bears. Maybe the next. Bears. Maybe next week we can have Chuck Swirsky on the Tailgate Show if he's available. <laughs> the Bears. Take splits. Bears. <laughs> <laughs>